All right, I am fired up today. We are in for a big, uh, big surprise, big guest, um, a dear friend of mine, Mr. Corey Huddleston. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Yeah, I'm super and excited. You, yeah, dear friend is an understatement. I mean, we've known each other for a long time. He, been through a lot together, so it's good to for be with sure. You. Uh, yeah, we've been in men's groups together. We've been in yeah. business together. Raising families together. Yeah. yeah. You've taught me a lot, actually, about what it means to be a dad in a lot of ways. We used to have those conversations all the time. So Yeah. Well, uh, really excited to have you on here. And so, uh, if you don't mind, why don't you just introduce yourself to the audience so they can kind of get a sense for who you are. Yeah, my pleasure. Corey Huddleston. I uh, am a husband uh, to my wife, Sharon. Been married 14 years. And my uh, son, Emery, I'm a father. Uh, my son, um, Emery, he's 11. And my daughter, Farah, she's seven. And uh, I've got a dog named Sir Winston. American <laughs> Sir Winston. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I've got an acquisitions company. So we buy and sell e-commerce companies, scale them up, um, and then sell them out. Uh, and then um, just in general, man, I'm a, I'm a huge uh, ambassador for men. I think um, yeah. that people have it's too too bad but i think that men have let people who don't know who they are a culture who don't know who they are define who they should be and i want to kick the teeth in of that i don't i think that's horrible <laughs> kick so, the teeth in yeah. yeah well you say it the way on that narrative well, yeah, well, yeah. Like, like, let's get it done um yeah you're just reminding me about uh, some conversations that we had but the uh 14 years You've been married. Yeah. Yeah. By the grace of God, too. You know, I mean, it's been, it was not one of those easy uh, kind of just come and get it marriages. You know, I don't even know if those exist. Um, you know, you think that they do, I think, when you look at everybody else's life. Well, you found the the beautiful woman. That's it. And <laughs> Yeah. Which brings me into a whole other conversation, actually, on arranged marriages, you know, like later in life. But I think that there's an interesting thought there, like just to kind of shock and awe everybody out of the gate. You right, know? right. Because I tend to be like in favor of that concept, you know, and maybe not switching a goat for your daughter or anything <laughs> like that. But uh, you can but, understand why it might work uh, now that you have daughters. To it. Right, right. I mean, really, like yeah. if you like think about how effective or what, how much of your life that affects. Mm, yeah boy you know, why you, in the world would you not want as much help as possible you know to guide you in that yeah right like well, you don't like this whole love rules thing is weird to me like yeah. it's yeah very odd. or we think about a controlling father or yeah all, all that's how it's positioned right, right. because we but let there's a wisdom culture who doesn't know who they are to find who we should be yeah we that, have to quit that you know? that's, a, that's a good way to say it well i was excited to have you uh come in today because i know your testimony yeah um and I know your quest to be uh, an amazing dad, and you invest so much in your family and in your kids, um, and uh, I've been watching them grow up, but I know you didn't come from that, and so if you wouldn't mind, I would love for you to share a little bit of your story, because I think it's going to help a lot of people. For sure, man. Thank you. Um, and yeah, when you say I didn't come from that, I mean... It's interesting, like, I, I think there's something very powerful to this idea of, one, you don't know what you don't know until you know that you don't know it, you know, right. so there's this, there's always this level of discovery built into any endeavor, right, there has to be, there's no way you can just know, right, there's right. so many ups and downs inside of anything, but 
there's this thing that in, in our lives, we have a tendency to be, um, lack clarity on what we want, except for we kind of already know, but we're trying to follow what's already in place. Right. Like mm-hmm. in terms of successful people go become businessmen or attorneys. Da, 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 da. So everybody wants to go follow that path and they don't really take a lot of time to try to understand why in the first place, like mm. what are we doing all this for? Right. So for me, before I knew about any of that stuff, I was like, dude, I just wanted to have a relationship with my father. You know, right. the thing was, is like, he really didn't want that, you know? And this is like, so similar to everybody else's story, it seems with a, a father. And so I don't really like beating that drum as much anymore. He passed away a few years ago and I've learned a lot since then. Yeah. And more of that type of thing, but it is important to set the stage, I think, because so many people do view their relationship with their father in that way. In that, you know, their father is, like, rejecting them or, you know, is not doing what they think that he needs to be doing in order for them to feel loved somehow or whatever it is. Right, know? right. And, um, you know, that was the same for me because I was just a, a kid. I didn't know. Um, yeah, I think that it, that leans into an important point. And yeah. in, in that is, I think young kids yeah. just want to be with their dad. Yeah. Right? It is. And, and that's the thing. And... You know, it's like we, you know, everybody likes to feel justified by saying my dad didn't do this or did do this or whatever. But at the end of the day, like when we mature, it becomes about how we grow or build or whatever. So we have to kind of shift that focus from over there and bring it on. Yeah, what are we going to do with it? How are we perceiving it? Maybe it wasn't so fair or whatever. But Mm. when you're a child, like everything belongs to you. It's a me, 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 me world. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like they don't, I don't even know if they can perceive beyond that. And I was no different. Right. So, um, I uh, desired to have a relationship with my dad. My dad was very much not that way. Um, he was the guy that found all of his identity in what he did for a living. And I was just in the way I thought I felt, yeah. but, you know, so, um, and maybe a lot of his actions kind of pointed me that direction. But in, anyway, um, he was a pretty kind of a kind of guy. He liked to bring it down a few notches and all that. And so I grew up with horrible self-esteem, you know, and like, uh, j- you know, just, that's been probably my greatest arch nemesis in this life was that no not coming. measuring up. Yeah. 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 Just constantly going to war with that belief of, you mm. know, do I have what it takes or maybe I should, you know, not taking control of whatever. Cause you don't know if you have, you know, whatever, but, um, kind of mumbling here, I guess getting on with it. But at the end of the day, like I didn't have a lot of that insight from like what it means to be a man from my dad. I just, you know, we didn't, he didn't want that. He was kind of busy doing his thing, whatever. And I didn't know how to go get it. So my mom did a lot of that in my life. Love mm-hmm. my mom, super awesome lady, but then women don't build men, you know, it's just the reality of it. So, mm. um, and so uh, I'm going to give that a rim shot actually. Women don't go, build man. men. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Uh, and it's not to like take away from what a woman brings to the table or a mother or anything like that. And I know there's single mothers out there, but at the end of the day, Real men, the kind of men that people keep asking about and, you know, trying to demonize or whatever, you know, like, like they don't just happen. Like, right. that's a development process. That's, like, something that is specifically built. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, like a Japanese sword. Yeah, well, you, you need, an, yeah, and you need an example. Yeah. Right, this is why women well, somebody has to it. have an idea of what that looks like, right. for sure, yeah. yeah. And then you have to go through the fire, and then you have to get beat and folded and beat and folded and heated and beat and folded and heated a thousand times, right? Like yeah. a Japanese sword. And then you're mm. purified 
and then the artist can engrave you, you know, and leave you with this magnificent piece that is both for destruction and beauty. You Love know it. what I'm saying? And that's really the essence oh, of wow. the man, you know? That's really good. Yeah. Destruction and beauty. Yeah. I mean, you have the capacity for either, right? So Yeah, because there's men that don't fight, but the reality is you can't. That's true. And You're just... You know, in their mind they are and that's the problem is we let our mind kind of take hold of it and then build this reality that's not even true right and everybody's fighting for that reality and they forget to take a step back and be like but what's true about all of this yeah like because if i'm kind of chasing anything that's not true even a half lie i'm still believing a lie and it's going to take me off course somewhere in my life so as hard as it is we have to be able to go face to face with who we actually are in this life sometimes right always really the more you can do it the better your life turns out because it's just a purification process but um anyway being able to go to war with that that is the kind of the essence of masculinity right mm -hmm. uh, and going into that anyway grew up in amarillo texas uh was a horrible student <laughs> i didn't even graduate high school i think i could go into stories on that i just won't even do it. <laughs> it's gonna make everything way longer right but um I uh, got into working construction at an early age, you know, like I think I was maybe 17 or whatever, um, started doing that and I liked it. I was good at it. Uh, and uh, my buddy ended up, his dad was going to be moving down to Dallas, Fort Worth and starting his own air conditioning HVAC company. Yeah. And I was like, I want to go like, and I was like, I mean, it was just one of those things. I was just like, I, I made it. a decision like that. It was like a day and I was like, let's go. I'm out of here. Yeah. And so it was just like this we figured it out he we were able to kind of we had it was an interesting living experience first we stayed with his sister or his sister-in-law or something like i don't even remember what it was uh and then her husband and then we ended up getting some trailer house out in paradise texas dude and three dudes living out in the middle of nowhere and drinking whiskey and just like barbecuing every night and working hard <laughs> every single day in the texas sun and i mean it was like a brutal existence but it was super fun a lot of memories on that but uh kind of felled my way through high school, went into doing that. My life is on a very high, you know, trajectory towards nowhere. <laughs> so, uh, but I, you're going fast. Yeah, but I'm going fast. <laughs> exactly. Thing is, uh, I was like hyper curious, right? So uh, ended up getting a job at this place in Fort Worth that was called Purina Mills, and I'm working five at night till five in the morning, um, six to seven days a week. I mean, it was, a you know, Man's to job. me, that's what men do, though, right, right, in yeah. my head, right? Yeah. Like, well. you work yourself hard and ragged and then uh, you know it's just what a good boy does and then it's like kind of some toxic thinking there but um anyway uh i'm going out one of the random nights we got off you know i ended up uh running into this dude at a bar that we used to hang out at and a buddy of mine he worked there behind the bar and everything so we'd get cheaper drinks and stuff and I talked to this guy he's wearing this really nice suit you know and uh i was like dang what's up with this dude you know so i start talking to him yeah and trying to figure out what he does, you know, like, you know, how'd he get there? I was like, Hey, what's a book that you've read or whatever. And I don't even know why I asked that, but cause I didn't read books. You know, I think the only <laughs> book I had read like cover to cover was like green eggs and ham or something. Like that, you know? Um, and he's like, man, you really ought to check out rich dad, poor dad, that book will change your life. And I was like, rich dad, poor dad, you know, what is it? And so on a win, I guess I went out and bought the thing and read it. Uh, and it was something that I read in like two days. I didn't even know that was possible, you know, for me. You like got absorbed. Yeah. It was just, but it was just like, Speaking I didn't know you. there were books out there like that. Yeah. You know? And interesting side note to that. It's like, I'm, I don't think I've ever met a really hyper successful person that that book wouldn't be on their top five. Yeah. Know? Right. It's been that influential in a lot of people's lives. So, 
um, I went and bought that book and it just shifted something in the way that I started to think about everything. And I was always entrepreneurial, I think. And like, I was driven to have, and I kind of saw myself there. I had that feeling of greatness inside of me, but I didn't know how to execute on it. And I was at odds with my identity because I had been basically conditioned to believe that I was just in the way. And it was like more of a, mm. you know, yeah, like I had the capability, but didn't, you know, know if it was like, and I think a lot of guys are like that, unfortunately right now. So. Right. There's um, a, there's an idea, but it's out of reach. Yeah. It's always for somebody else. I don't it's know how to, like, I yeah. don't know how to and then we become it. dopamine addicted to the idea phase. Right. right. Yes. And so that is, the, that's hard. Right yeah. There. It's a hard thing to beat. So anyway, um, thinking that, is not doing. It isn't. Yeah. And yeah. It's the hardest thing to learn. And you know, there's always gonna be something to think about. And honestly, if you're overthinking it, it's probably going to be about five to 10 times less hard than you think it's going to be. <laughs> and if you're not thinking about it at all, it's probably going to be about that much. Yeah, You're going to screw it up anyway. So yeah. just get started. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And you're going to look like a fool and you're going to be, you know, there, there's a chance you go get sued and there's a chance <laughs> all of that stuff. I literally just was having this conversation with a guy that I worked with, uh, on some projects that we did together in the marketing side and then yeah. not with lure, but anyway, um, but yeah, you're going to have to risk if, if you want good things, you got to go get them, man. And you know, it's kind of unfamiliar territory for a lot of people. So there's going to be some missteps, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was not with that. That's just for life in general. So how hard do you want to play, you know? And that really was the question that I started to ask myself after that book, you know? And it was mm. like, I was working five at night till five in the morning in the night, you know? Yeah. Uh, you were telling me the pages were black. Oh yeah, it's I mean, I was devouring. Yeah, hands. my hands were filthy. I'm reading that book, and then yeah. I got addicted, and I went and bought his other one, and I did the same thing. And it was just like something about that series was like speaking to me. I started like reading the business section of the paper every night because I thought I was the next Donald Trump, you know, and all these things. I mean, it was kind of interesting, but I started to see these patterns in the way that businesses were being done, you know. And uh, at the same time that I was kind of my mind was exploding around this concept of what's possible. Um, there was this guy that worked there um, named Michael Murphy over at Purina Mills, and he worked at same, kind of like 11 at night till probably 11 the next morning or whatever, a little bit time different, but awesome guy. It was interesting about him is he would always get nervous to talk in front of crowds. He didn't like being invited. He was very, you know, to any events. Yeah, yeah, very introverted. Yeah. And he would tell me his stomach would start to turn whenever there was more than like three people that he didn't know in the room or something like that. And um, he would come and start talking. He was a relatively new believer. And he would just come down, we'd be chatting, and he'd always be trying to tell me about Jesus. And I'd be like, dude, you know, all right, whatever, you know. And then I thought I was the smartest guy in the world, you know, with my questions about, you know, why do bad things happen to good people, all that kind of thing. And, you know, all the things that I think people should be allowed to kind of wonder about. You yeah, know, for sure. Uh, in the beginning, for sure. Um, but he just kept at it and kept coming down. And he would invite me to church, and I was always too hungover or whatever to ever go with him or care, you know. Um, for that type of deal because we'd get off at night and that was our um after work you know right, right mornings you know so go have you know get a 12 pack of beer and hang out and you know do whatever with guys you know and uh one day i can't remember i just decided i was like you know what i am i'll go with him you know and uh we i went to the church and i felt like a total outcast there dude i, I remember kind of going there and like but it was on an easter he and his uh wife they wanted me to come with him and he had two boys that were young 
And um, anyway, they invited me to their church, and afterwards they were like, hey, you want to come to lunch with us at our you know, mom's house or whatever? And so I went over there, and his little kid was, like, running, goes, we love you, Corey. You know, and it was just like, I remember being like, I want that, you know? Mm. Like, I was so alone in that life, you know? And I thought I had it all. Interesting. You know, I was making decent money. I was working my tail off, you know? But yeah. I was doing what I thought being a good man was, you know? I was working hard, having a few beers with the guys, you know? Yeah. Like being, man's man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was, like, empty, you know, to mm. the, like, what was, what is that, you know, um, at a certain point, you know? Yep. And so that was where kind of life began for me, man. And I started going down this road. Uh, I eventually quit working at Purina and everybody was pretty excited about it. And they were all, um, because I think because they saw me doing so much work on like reading the newspaper all the time in that book and all that. And I was constantly engaging. Everybody seemed to be like, dude, you're out of anybody here. You're going to make it. You're going to do know? it. Yeah. yeah. And it was interesting because you're around guys that tend to beat each other down for fun, you know? Right. Which I'm a huge non-believer in that. I think that's horrible friendships, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of guys do that. Lift each other up. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. a the better way to do that. Yeah. You know, to speak life, you know? Yeah. I think that is uh there's there's a story i'll share real quick um about the fleas in a jar i don't know if you've heard this story but what they um what they what they did is they trained you can capture these fleas and they would put a top on it and the fleas would try and jump out of the jar and they'd hit their heads at the top of the jar Mm. and after like a day of this you can take the jar it can take the lid off of the jar and the fleas will not leave. Whoa. So you're just conditioning. You're just conditioned them. Pull them, pull them back down. Right. So we just get conditioned into these behaviors thinking I, yeah. Why bother? That's powerful, man. I mean, there's so much to the way we think and how our lives turn out. You know, we kind of give way too much power to stuff that we can't control. It's in our imagination. Yeah. Yeah. We spend all our time in our imagination. yeah invisible prison cells man yeah you know but yeah so going through all of that i mean the childhood thing you know it was like so you read the book yeah i read the book uh went out started kind of going down my own road you know of like what can i do how can i go down that road eventually ended up starting a marketing agency yeah uh, it was called lure studios and so what happened with the church uh take me take us back real quick so you went to church oh yeah saw that you saw the you know, the kids and you were thinking about your life. So yeah. So I went to that and it took me a little while to kind of transition my thinking. Cause I was, you know, at the time just used to just being a wild child. Right. right. Wasn't and like, Oh, tomorrow I'm putting no, on the yeah, white robe. I mean, it was, yeah, the- <laughs> this wasn't one of those trans transformations <laughs> right. for me, you know, it was a slow. Yeah. It was definitely more methodical. And again, kind of going through, you know, some of the belief systems I had, I would drive by churches before I ever went to that. And I just felt like I was like, those are for people that are better than me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, that, that was my view literally of better like, than you. So not even like, I don't want to, yeah, I'm not allowed to go there. Like wow. that's for people who are a different elevation of life. You know? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that is it was a weird, that is beaten down. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was like a very, uh, um, anyway, I, and I don't want to blame that on my parents. It was just something that no, I but that's what those were your thoughts were. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but, you know, I started doing that and conditioning my mind. The thing about the rich dad, poor dad thing is like go, going back to that, like, because for once I started getting that, around, I was starving for it. It was like, have you ever like not even known something really existed? And then all of a sudden you had it and it was like, dude, this is what I've been craving. And right. it was like someone to come and take you by the hand kind of, 
a mentor almost. You yeah, know? yeah. It was like, dude, sure. that was it. You know, and it was like, For, yeah, yeah. Show me the way, man. I don't even know. Like, I'm hungry, but I used to hate that about myself, thinking I just didn't have something figured out. And then I realized later that was the fuel that's kept me going when everybody else freaking hangs up their hat. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. I you're reminding me of a book that I read. I had a similar kind of awakening, and uh, it was called The Magic of Thinking Big. Oh yeah. And someone told me I should read that, and um, I remember reading it, and I was on a plane. I was an engineer, and I was on a plane with our vice president of sales, a guy I really looked up to. He was older. Yeah. He was funny, super outgoing. I'm an introverted nerd. <laughs> I'm going on this trip. And I'm reading this book, The Magic of Thinking Big. And it says that there are people in your life that lift you up and there are people in your life that tear you down. Yeah. And I'm traveling with this guy. He sees I'm reading the book. And he said, oh, you're going to be a big shot, Mr. Big Shot? Is that what you're going to do? And he just started beating me down. And I thought, oh, you're one of those voices. Wow. You're not the voice I thought. Two years later, he was working for me. I became the president of that company. Dang. Yeah. And it was just really interesting, the effect of... Um, knowing. Knowing. Yeah. Right? And 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 uh, just and the power of books. I yeah, think, it you is. know, we, we can listen to podcasts and do all those things. Yeah. But, um, being exposed to something that you didn't even know existed... Right. Yeah, it's like I, I I'm a huge fan that. of that in yeah. every way possible. I think part of my creative streak, yeah, comes through my ability to absorb experiences faster than anybody else. Ah, interesting. Yeah, like so, I constantly look for things that I haven't had the opportunity to experience before. Like if I, I mean, yeah, um, even whenever I get stuck on something, I'll have a tendency to get off and go visit like a modern art museum or something. And uh, go, like, look at the thing that offends me the most until I get some semblance of understanding around it. And then I'll, like, it always breaks free, like, something creative in me that allows me to go, like, crush. It's that's, weird. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you know, it's, it's cool how, how a book changed your life. And then these experiences. And now you've got, you know, a beautiful family. Um, so uh, you, you also... Uh, started something called wisdom and grit. Yeah, yeah. So I just loved that grit word. I had to, I had to steal it from you. Oh yeah, dude. No, it's for a sure. powerful. Word. It's a powerful yeah, word. For so, sure. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So wisdom and grit. Later. So kind of how we met. Yeah. Uh, going back to that. That's actually where all this kind of really began. Well, I've always I just had this desire because going back to my lack of having masculine influence in my life, which is really what I desired more than anything. I just wanted. I think what I wanted from my dad was him to come along and show me how to be successful in life. Mm-hmm. And I think I held him to that standard when he never really knew how to do it for himself. He was figuring it out along the way too. He just didn't have the ability to communicate it with his own mouth. Mm. And that's the thing I think most men struggle with, by the way, is that they have things to say, yeah. but they don't practice the art of communication, which is a skill, you know, and it's a very valuable skill. Like w- whether you're negotiating or selling or whatever, but it's also used for communicating things to your children, right? And to your wife, you know, yeah, <laughs> important things, right? So, uh, <laughs> for sure, yeah. Anyway, uh, learning to communicate it is that's the, like the number one skill yeah. by far. Uh, so, um, 
Well, we were, we, we were talking about wisdom of grit, but I'm actually oh, going to yeah. back up yeah. for a second. I apologize for this, but, but I do know this part of your story. And to me, it, 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 it speaks of part of your testimony and your relationship with your dad, because I know you had a confrontation with your dad. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, just for people to understand kind of where this can go if you're. Yeah. Well, so he, uh, when I was about 16, I guess, 15 years, I was 16 years old cause I had my driver's license and I had a 67 Mustang. That was my first car that I bought. Nice. A, kind of a junker, but yeah, I know like everybody thinks, oh, that's cool. You know, it was cool, but it wasn't like <laughs> what I wanted. Honestly, when I got the car, this kind of goes back to the whole wanting something for, from somebody else that they don't know about is I wanted us to build that together and have some time to build something cool together. It would be a dad project. Yeah. And he never even initiated or wanted that. You know? mm. And I had this false reality of wanting that out of him, but he ended up um, having an affair on my mom at that point in time. And I think he'd done it a few times before from what I understand, but you know, um, he fell, you know, and I think it comes down like when you understand how he was raised like, I've thought about this a lot since he passed away in 2020. Yeah. But it was like, he, even if he said, I want to be a hundred times better than the way my dad was to me, I would say he achieved that even with all of his flaws. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I look at that and I'm like, in a way, maybe he won, man. You know, it's like, I, who am I to say one way or the other? Yeah. You know? Well, I know you guys reconciled. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but he had an affair on my mom. And in that, it was a very odd time because, you know, he got caught, I guess, or is kind of the big thing about it. And so that created a lot of conflict and, you know, he didn't want to reconcile with my mom at all. I think she was willing to or whatever else. And, you know, and like, you know, there's always multiple sides to every story. So what I'm saying, you know, right, I understand, right. you know but, yeah. um, anyway, he, uh, went off and, and, uh, you know, got an apartment and all of this stuff. And, and I remember coming home one day and he was down in the barn and he had this Jeep, that was down there and we had 40 acres that we lived on out in the middle of the country. Uh, and it was like, um, I went down there and he was with his friend Ray and they were working on the Jeep. They had just put a new engine in it and they were kind of buttoning it up and getting it running. And he never really said anything. And so I came out and at the time we lived in this trailer house, man, and we were supposed to be building a house out there. It's kind of like this place that has a lot of weird emotions for me out there, but because mm -hmm. of that, you know, it was just like this weird transitional period. But, uh, he drove away, dude. He got in the Jeep, and then, like, they finally got it running. I was like, oh, I guess they got it running. I was outside in the front, and then I looked down, and it was like, just watch him drive away. She goes, yeah, he got an apartment in town. And I was like, what? How did he, he didn't even say anything. You know, he's wow. he was driving around. Like, so, like, two weeks later, he comes, and he's, like, just loading up this trailer that he got to furnish his apartment. And I'm like, that's not happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, wow. Yeah, and so I walk inside, and I grab my gun, and I came out, and I put it up to his head, and I was like, you take one more thing, I'm going to blow your damn head off, you know? Ooh. Yeah, and I mean, I was serious, too, dude. I was yeah. like, because I was like, the way that you just completely walked away like that. Yeah, I mean, you're leaving your family like the right most, by, It was the most uh, vitriolic form of rejection that I think you can ever do to another person. It's like not even talk to them, you mm. know? And I'm just... I'm the innocent party and all of that. Right. You know what I'm saying? How unworthy am I? I didn't do anything. Right, right, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> like, it was just, I'm just there, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, you want to freaking spite me? You know, all right, let's go to war. You know, and it was like, yeah, you know, prove yourself to me, you know? And at that point, I think that's where it gets dangerous, right? Because then you've got kids out there who are cutting themselves and doing all that kind of stuff, you know? 
for me, I was like the wild. So for it was more like, how do I feel life? You know, so I became addicted to like adrenaline environments, you know, so it was mm. like jumping out of airplanes, riding bulls, you know, chasing women, drinking and driving, like all the crazy. That's right. Stuff, you were man. a bull rider too. <laughs> yeah. All of that, you know, so it was like yeah. anything I could do to get a rush, man. You yeah. know, it was like, that was how I felt alive, you know? And so, uh, you know, like from that moment and there, you know, there was a couple of other conflicts. Like I drove there to go fight him, you know, in his apartment one time. And like, uh, it, you were what? 16. You said, yeah. Yeah. Oof. I mean, I was just, I had no, like, I didn't mind getting hurt, you know, like it kind yeah. of became like that. Cause I was already hurt so bad, you know, it was like, I think that created this weird, like, um, very, I think, globally what we see now even, you know, like a lot of that, when people become that wounded, dude, mm -hmm. there's no way you'll ever reconcile. You have to kill them or right. like let God miraculously work in their heart, you know, because yeah. it's deep, you know, and it's really hard for people to overcome. So, um, yeah, we, we ended up kind of going down a road of, you know, just not seeing each other for a few years, you know, and then I was on my own at like 17 years old. So, you know, I was trying to figure life out. I had you know, some skills maybe, but nothing formal, you know, in yeah. terms of like, how do you live in this world? I knew how to stay alive. That was what I knew how to do, yeah. you know, survive. I didn't know how to thrive like at all. Like yeah. I wasn't even taught that stuff. I had no idea how to manage money. I had no idea how to do, uh, you know, even really cook. I remember cooking like mostly just ramen noodles all the time or whatever. And venison that somebody gave us in the microwave <laughs> and type like that. Now I love <laughs> to cook, but it took me a while. Um, yeah. Well, it's a uh, it's an amazing story, and to know where you come came from, and um, and I know that you've you know you've you've reconciled with your dad later on, and yeah. that's a whole other beautiful story. Um, but uh, you started a family, yeah, man, and then then you walked into my life. You walked yeah. into my life at uh, Wingman, which Wingman, was a men's yeah. group that we were at, and so so I, at that point, I don't even think I had had my son yet. Uh, maybe, oh yeah, maybe so. Nope. No. I mean, yeah. Not whenever I was going there. So, um, it was funny like to go to that because my wife actually was the one that found out about it. We went there to go watch Christmas movies over at that theater yeah. that was next to that one night and y'all were having a Christmas party of some sort. Yeah, yeah, one night. yeah. And my wife ran into Chad, but she didn't know it was Chad. She was like some big dude, you know, uh, they have this men's thing. You might like it, you know? And, uh, I was like, yeah, I'll check it out sometime. And I ended up going and checking it out. I had no idea who Chad was or anything like that. But I remember kind of walked because I didn't watch sports or anything. But right. I went in and sat at this table, and it was like all these old dudes. And there was this room full of probably, you know. Old dudes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like just, you know, older gentlemen that, like, were successful in life. And I was like, dude, this is like that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that they always talk about, you know. I was like, this was what I was looking for. And so, um, you know, like I started – and I had already been plugged into other men's like kind of geared stuff, but that right there was more like I was looking for mentorship, you know, right, think, right. a way to be around guys that um, had been there, you know. And so uh, ended up just going. And I remember specifically when I first started going, I was like, hey, how can I help this grow? And like, I think I was talking to Fredo uh, about this and he was like, don't don't worry about that. Just come. And I was like, no, I'm going to help out whatever I can do. Yeah, so and I you jumped there. in. Yeah. yeah, I just showed up early the next time and started greeting at the door. Yeah. And until I got invited to a, a leadership meeting at one point, and then I was like, okay, I guess I'm a part of this thing. You know? it's like, <laughs> but 
in that really my mission was like I can either try to do this on my own of some way or I can come alongside some guys that are already doing it and um, use my skills to, to help bless that. You yeah. Know? And I loved every minute of that. Well, and you helped us so much and yeah, brought so much energy and oh, uh, dude, yeah. Great, yeah, great, man. Yeah. It's it's hard to find places where it's multi-generational like that. It is. That's right? really what it's about, man. Yeah. So like, you're hitting on something. It's ecosystems. Mm. Like, dude, I've been such on a kick of ecosystems lately, man. Like, so are you familiar with the Yellowstone National Park? Like, that was the first national park ever. Created. Yeah, but I've never been there. But I'm, Okay, I haven't either. But, yeah. like, so back in the early or late 1800s into the early 1900s, this will really appeal to a lot of these fathers that are listening because – what we have to do is we have to start building ecosystems for our families, you know, like mm. to exist and understand there are ecosystems as okay. men, especially typical type A fellows. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. Well, we're like, everybody fits into this thing and that's the way it is, you know, it's like, and it's not like that, but all these wolves were assassinated basically in that early period because they were a threat to uh, farmers and stuff that were around the area, but also to visitors of the park. And so they started shooting them all, eventually leading them to complete annihilation by the first mm. part of the night of the 1900s and so for since that time um on like all this explosion of population of deer and elk and all of this stuff started to happen because there's no body kill yeah, no, no, no wolves apex. killing them there's yeah. no apex predator right right and so uh they end up uh in 1990 uh, what that did though is it created all kinds of erosion problems and like uh you know um what are the inbred type you know scenarios yeah. and it killed off all these fish and stuff that were only local to that area because the muddy the waters were getting muddy and they were receding and all this because the deer were eating down all the vegetation and the elk and all that and oh, so wow. it created a whole host of problems and um all of this but in 1995 this group of scientists got together and they were like let's uh see about reintroducing these these wolves and so they, it was like one of those career enders though, if it didn't work. So there was not <laughs> like, Hey, this will be fun. Let's do it. It was a legit decision right. to be made. Yeah, yeah. Well, they ended up doing it and it ended up bringing everything back to balance. Oh, wow. Now think about that in terms of like our own lives, man. It's like, we're on, you're a really, really smart guy. You used to be able to break down like technology stuff that I'm just like, that is what is going on. And you're like, Oh yeah. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. You know? <laughs> like, so, but it's like, you capture big ideas and make them simple. Right. So yeah. it's like, um, that type of thing needs to be integrated into how we live our lives. So I've started living my life, like with what I call the grade eight, you know, it's like, I just pick eight guys. Okay. try to anyway. Um, and, that are think of it like tentacles on an octopus. This is actually where this came from. Right. So, uh, but being able to, uh, stick your hand on something and know that the hand knows that you're not just going to force it into a blender just to watch it die. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like it's literally, you're watching out for that hand and the other hand and the other hand, but each of those hands offers you a different sensory feedback. So you need people around you who think differently individually than you but mm. also individually than each other but that care for you as much as an octopus would care for its hand for and its own hand, hand. Yeah. Its, yeah and so that's really interesting yeah and i've found <laughs> that to be um really hard to accomplish because to find that type of guy is and have those relationships that are like i care about you that yeah much. exactly that's what i'm saying yeah, yeah that's a hard thing to for force, sure. foster but if you here's the deal at the end of the day man we're building a life one way or the other Yes. Why not be a little bit on purpose about it, you know? You you're bringing up a really good point uh being a being a business person, I thought of this a little bit different but the the exact same concept. To me it was like I need a board of directors yeah. 
exactly. for my That's life. What it is a board of directors, right? I need I need a pastor. Yeah. I need a lawyer. But they need to care <laughs> about you, right? You know, and that's where I think like it can't just be like it can, uh, you know, somebody you're just paying and that's fine. But I'm talking about like somebody who's like a brother who you know is like they would rather die than watch you uh, get eaten up for know? sure. Yeah, a board of directors in a nonprofit who aren't being paid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. It's like, yeah. They it's care that. about. It's the like outcome. they care about yeah. the mission. And if you're a person that lives on a mission, yeah, and you're surrounding me to help me accomplish my mission, because we all yeah. have blind spots. We do, and I think specifically as fathers or you know as men that are building things in general, but this isn't just something that we do. Yeah. Right? We need to be teaching our kids this concept. Like exactly. And I was thinking, yeah. if, if your dad had people in his life that would oh, call dude. him out, right? or had like. I've got a good friend of mine right now. He's going through some issues with his son, you know, and I'm not going to call him out, but it was like, uh, you know, he's kind of at a place right now. He's, you know, 15 years old. So he's right in the middle of, you know, peak poverty, uh, like puberty, you know, I don't know when that peaks actually, but it's, he's in it. Let's say that, you know, uh, you know, so there's already a lot of confusion going on there and all that. And I'm like, you know, he's having some struggles with him and just wondering if God's even real kind of thing, but also some, you know, just, behavioral stuff you know and all this and i'm like dude do you not remember being that age like and he goes actually i don't really that i was like dude that was the hellish period of life man you know <laughs> so he's there's a lot changing and unless you're there as a beacon to kind of keep pointing him in the right direction and let him know that somebody's there for him like dude it's not gonna end well yeah it's just not you know so you need to come alongside him and let him know man yeah okay this is normal yeah. Like you're the guide. You're helping him navigate this really frustrating and confusing part of life, you know. And he has to be able to trust you for that. Yeah. That's where it comes down to you living by example. Mm. You know. Yeah. That's that's not, the hard part. I taught him. Yeah. But I'm not living that way. Yeah. Right. And that doesn't work yeah. with kids. Or yeah, they're too really. smart. They see. Yeah. yeah. Much more is caught than taught. Yeah. Right. Good stuff. Um Yeah, I think um, having those godly relationships um, where you can be yourself and giving, having those relationships that are so uh, God, um, they have to be God-centric. Yeah. Because it's, we, we all have our way of doing things. Yeah. Right? And none of us do it perfect yeah. as Christ. Well, you got to have the humility to be able to say that in the first place, too, you know, and believe it, you know, yeah. it's not because there's dudes that hang out at all these Bible studies and all this, and they're like, brother, how are you? Or they're like, how are you doing, man? And then, or you say that to them, and they're like, brother, I'm blessed and highly favored, and, you know, and this and that, and I'm, or I'm, you know, whatever, I, I'm a, such a dog sinner, and God still loves me anyway, and I'm like, dude, gross. Like, everything about <laughs> you right now is gross. turning me gr- t- off, yeah. you know? Like, why can't you just say, like, dude, I'm doing good or I'm doing bad and, like, just live by what it means to be a believer and then I'll know, like, yeah. you know, instead of making up these corny, uh, the dude from The Simpsons, uh, <laughs> Ned Flanders. Right? Ned Flanders. Yeah. Well, that's funny. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about that for a second um, because I think people have different ideas of you know, who God is in their life and, yeah. and that relationship with God. So how, how would you describe God and the relationship that you have with God? Man, that's a great question. It's interesting thing about that is like, I didn't grow up that way at all. You know? Right. 
And it's interesting, like when my dad passed away, I thought about this a lot because even when I became a believer, I would talk to my dad about Jesus, but it was mostly in terms of not sharing the gospel with him, but just trying to like hint it in and be like sneaky Jesus kind of thing. Because my dad was a very, <laughs> Let me like, slide you think I'm intense? Like, dude, where, that's where I learned it from. Oh, really? Know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's very intelligent, hyper-intelligent dude. I mean, he was, like, running a nuclear missile facility, basically, in Amarillo, you know, and oh, all wow. that kind of... Okay. He, he would go to, like, Congress, whatever, and get money, and all, like, so, but he thought, like, and he was uh, into Indian, you know, stuff, like, all like, into warfare type stuff, you know, all the things. Grew up wa- around war all the time, you know, stuff. So, um, but anyway, uh, what was the question? I went down so, Yeah, no, so the question was, what is... What is God in your oh yeah God. in your yeah, life, yeah. and what is your relationship with Him like? So for me, yeah, in that regard, I didn't have a lot of that sh- shown to me, and so it took me a long time to really understand that. And where that came together for me has been a bit of a journey, you know, because I've realized like there's a level that you hit inside of your relationship with Christ that when you come to the complete end of yourself and you want nothing more than relationship with God is when you start to even see who he really is. Like, it's so deep, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, it never ends. There's this level of um, eternity, man, that exists within that relationship. So for me, it's like I'm on this kind of balancing act, it seems, sometimes between complete submission and just wanting to know who he is and uh, oftentimes, like, all right, good. I'm God. I'm good. Uh, I'm going to, you know, hang. I know you're here. Like, I believe that you're here. Yeah. But my reverence seems to be not as in place. And it, it mm. it's weird. Like, um, that's really what it comes down to there. Uh, what's that guy's name? Um, Bevere, John Bevere. Are you familiar with that guy? No. I'm going to have to send you like this thing. He spoke inside of this mastermind group I'm a part of, man. He's a pastor, him and his wife. And he spoke on the reverence of God. Okay. Or the fear of God. Yes. And he, and he was talking to uh, the guy that went to prison, the, the pastor for, like, money laundering or whatever. It was, like, uh, Jim something. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, he said that that guy asked him to come and talk to him in prison. And so he's like, okay, yeah, I guess. Uh, that was, yeah, Jim Baker. Jim Baker, yeah. yeah. And he said, man, I, what happened to you? Like, I was such a huge fan of you. Like, and like and all this, you seem to love God. And he goes, when did your love for God go away? And he goes, never. My love for God never left. It was my fear of God that left. I lost my reverence. Ooh. And he never stopped loving God. It was just that he didn't, like, revere him in that yeah. way. And I was like, man, that is, that's it right there. And so That's really interesting. Um, I'm going to jump into this real yeah. quick. So the fear of the Lord. I've been thinking about this a lot. Yeah. Um, it's like, why, why are we supposed to be afraid of God when he's a loving father? Yeah. Right? But then it hit me, um, and you were talking about reverence. So reverence means, or holiness, means that it is high and set apart. Mm-hmm. So it's like your best china. Yeah. Right? You don't just abuse your china. Right. Right? Um, those are fancy dishes for those of you who don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're probably under the age of 40, that's probably it. But you don't, like, you, you, you've yeah. got to hold it uh, as special. And so that's what holy means. That's what being set apart means. That's what gives it its reverence. Okay, but why fear? I'm like, why am I supposed to fear my father, my loving father who cares for me, who loves me, who 
um, forgives me. <clears throat> Why would I fear him? And then it hit me. You were talking about the wolves. I'm afraid of wolves, too, when I go into the woods. Yeah. So what do I do to them? Oh, yeah. I pay attention. Yeah. That's what it means. Yeah. The fear of the Lord is pay attention. Because we pay attention to things we fear mm. way more aggressively than things we don't that's fear. That's actually, yeah, that's really good. Isn't that? Yeah. It, it really. I think it's important to make the distinction, though, that it's not that fear of, like, going to strike you down it's like um it's a exactly probably been in the like i'm sure in your background of being in the world of ceo you know and, and different things you've probably met people that were like you were nervous to meet them yes why yeah because you don't feel worthy or you, well, you want to honor them. yeah it's yeah. kind of like if if there's a king coming in and they have all authority or you right. know, whatever to like chop your head off but not that that's what god is but it's like dude you're literally in the presence of the creator of every of everything thing. yeah it's a reverential fear uh ultimately yeah, real, is what like, it boils down to so it's like yeah it, honoring point, yeah it's honoring yeah yeah but I th I've been thinking about a lot of but I like what the, it is the, also like pay attention pay attention to because, because we, yeah. there's we all have limited attention, right? Yeah. I mean, if I especially mean, nowadays, scientifically, if we we can focus even our eyes uh, on an area that's as great as our thumb, like, yeah, that's it. Because really? because we're kind of we have peripheral vision, but we can only pay attention to what's yeah. like right here, right. right? And so our attention is our most precious resource, and we can only pay attention to so much. And in fact, our we do as much as we can to ignore everything. Because there's, our attention is so valuable. And the way our yeah. eye is, we can see in super high resolution, the, the size of our thumb, everything else is kind of blurry and our eyes are darting around. So yeah, that's, that's good. That's man. just the way we're built. And so our, our attention is the most precious thing. And, and the attention of your father is a, is a really important thing when you're young, right? And um, so... Well, think about how the Muslim faith started. I mean, dude, it was born out of rejection, dude. Mm. You know, I mean, like, that's the thing with, like, all these father wounds that people carry around. And I'm almost thinking it's in the water to some degree because I've thought for sure, like, <laughs> in the I'm never going to create a scenario where my kids resent me like that. Yeah. And in, as hard as I've tried, I still think it could, has the possibility to exist, you know? Yeah. Well, I want to jump to – I'm going yeah. to switch topics here because you um, – are one of those people you're a man of action that's just the way i see you i see you cool. you have an idea and then you go do it and you've done some really cool stuff in in raising a son and a daughter um and so tell me some things that you've done that you've you, you know that you've been learning sure, um, yeah. and, and you know some 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 wins and some maybe some funny stories of something that you thought would work and well that didn't work yeah we all have those totally man uh well, you know, my uh, initial thing is, like, I remember years ago when my son was born, um, and I don't know about y'all, but, like, for me, taking a kid home from the hospital, and we didn't have any family, really. Or, I mean, my closest family is six hours away. Right, you know? yep. So, and my wife was not, you know, she didn't grow up in a big family, and she was dealing with some, you know, like, postpartum issues, you know, mm. and stuff like that, which made everything way more difficult, but... There was a uh, 
moment I remember I was walking my dog and around the neighborhood and I, I had this dog named Amadeus. I'd walk him every day, you know, around the neighborhood. He just, it was the best time, man. Cause I talked with God and everything. And I remember saying that like, why did I bring this child into this world? I was legitimately mm. concerned. I was like, dude, I've been the most irresponsible guy. Like by doing that, like just the way everything was going or seemed to be going. Cause the world's a mess kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I felt like, dude, what did I, like, was that, like, me making a bad decision? And I remember sitting there specifically talking to God about that, and he goes, you think I gave you your son to be a, pro, uh, you know, like, to be a victim of this world? I gave Ooh. you your son to be a solution to it. And it was just, like, it shifted That's everything. a thunderbolt. Dude, it was like, boom, it just shifted oh, my entire my reality around how I was raising my son at the time. My daughter wasn't born, and I was like, all right, well, how do I do that? And then all of a sudden, I went into this vision, dude, and I was standing in front of this nuclear missile, and I was arming it, and I uh, weaponizing it, and I picked it up, and I threw it, and it went into the future, but when it blew up, it didn't devastate, it created, and so I came up with this concept of weapons of mass creation, Ooh, you know, and dude, it. it's like, yeah, it's like this whole thing of like, dude, how do I build children like that? That was like, that's all I wanted. Weapons of mass creation. Yeah, weapons of mass creation, dude. Love like, it. And so. That's so good. Yeah, bro. That's where all that started. Uh, and so for me, like I'm being able to raise my kids. And so luckily right. I was around guys like you too, that had had five, six kids or whatever. <laughs> How many? Six. Six. Yeah. It was like six. I was like, uh, and, and yeah. a tsunami of grandchildren that are coming. Yeah, now. man. It's so like, cool, dude. It's what a blessing, <laughs> man. But you, sh you were always really cool to share stories and things like that for me that helped a lot, you know, and my buddy Eric also, and yeah. a few other guys, and I remember one time whenever I was a kid, this is kind of going back in the day, but and take it the right way when you hear whatever. But I, I thought that like taking a bath with my son was like going to have some potential to make him gay. Like I was terrified to give him a bath or right, right. have one with him or whatever. And my son, I mean, uh, my buddy Eric, I was telling him that and he goes, what? Dude, I still take baths with my boy, you know? And I was like, what? Like, I'm like sitting there trying to like my brain. What is like, wrong eh, with you? Eh, eh, and I like, melt down, you know, I'm like, what is going on here? Uh, and so he goes, dude, we have awesome times. Like it's some of the most fun times. I mean, they were young, obviously, right, 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 you know, yeah. but like, uh, so I started just, he's doing not 15. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a little weird, but so it ended up being one of those things where that was just one thing. And I was like, well, dude, if that's, you know, that was an anchored belief system that I had it's Like you can you do know? that. and I'm sitting there going like, dude, if that's wrong, what else is wrong about mm. how I'm seeing this, like spanking, you know, and like things like that. Like, uh, I was growing up in the house where you got spankings and it was like, dude, I would have been probably spanking just straight up my one year old, my, even my less than one year old child. And I think a lot of people do, and I'm not judging that. I'm just like, um, my wife put it to me. She goes, they don't even know, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, and I was sitting there going like, yeah, it's kind of true, man. I guess it's kind of like spanking my, or hitting my dog. Cause he can't recite the constitution. You know I mean? It's like, it's, <laughs> like, I have no idea. That's just me being, you I'm know, just hitting you now. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> hit the baby with the okay, stick. Okay, here we go. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, but so I had a lot of stuff personally to overcome, just in some of that fundamental stuff. And I know I'm not alone on that because I've For actually sure. had a lot of conversations with guys about that. You know, yeah. Um, so, but anyway, going back to that, how do you do that? Like, dude, we had gone to the wake up warrior stuff and i remember his framework for doing stuff was body being balanced and business dude yep and i've always just been drawn to that because it's sim i like simple stuff man right you know I, i'm smart but i like simple things because i get confused easily or, or distracted easily so i yeah. have to be like boop, draw it in 
body being balance and business and i was like that's the framework for building kids dude i mean if it mm. works for men then it works for building kids body being balance and, and business. business yeah okay well so here's the here's really what all that comes walk down us to. through now that, we're gonna get into the yeah, yeah this is where i geek out right so all right how do you build the king you know, how do you build future kings of the and queens of the world? Okay, you know so what I'm if saying? you want your kids to be kings and queens, how do you do that? All right, so how did it happen throughout history? We have to ask ourselves that first, right? Because okay. it's not like we're reinventing the wheel here, you know what I'm saying? But right. like a true king, right? So you look at somebody like Alexander the Great. His dad was uh, King Philip at that point in time, and he was like this dude who just went and conquered anything and all that. He was like the living embodiment of grit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. Like he would eat you probably, you know, well, he just didn't have any of that, but he had that son and he wanted him to be different. He wanted him to still have that grip, but he wanted him to also do it. So he got Aristotle, uh, to come and teach him. And Aristotle taught him how to like have thoughts, right. You know, right, to right. be stoic. How to have a philosophy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but he also learned like when you're a son of a king, you're getting tutored by the best. I mean, mm. they're bringing in the best of the best to identify core things, you know? And I think that's body, because your body is your mechanism for how we do this life. Like, and, you know, hopefully my mom won't hear this one day or whatever, but I remember we went to the Paladero Canyon one time. I was up there visiting them. And they like to drink sodas and kind of all that kind of stuff, you know? And uh, it was me and my son, and then it was you know, all my other, other, family. other family members. Yeah. Yes. And so we went out there and it was like blazing hot middle of the Texas summer, you know? And I mean, out there in the second largest Canyon in the country, but when you get down in there, it's magnified heat, you know, cause mm. there's no breeze coming in and all that. And so it was hot, dude. Uh, and I remember like, I was like, all right, let's go explore. You know, I'm ready. And me and I got Emery, he's ready. And even my nephew is there, you know? And like, he's young, he's Emery's age. And he's like, Oh man, I can't. And they're just hanging out on the picnic table sipping their 32 ounce cokes you know and i'm like that's the problem right, right. there you know drink so water you're missing out on this whole experience because you would rather suck on a dopamine like sugar water poison yeah yeah because it's destroying you you know yeah. and your brain and everything you know here you got a child who doesn't he doesn't even get to explore things because he's so addicted to that reality yep and i was like that's just the way it's got to be said man like you cannot be fat in this world and or like all yeah of i gotta stuff. pay attention to what you're eating dude Take care of your dang machine. Yeah. It's just your robot for how you experience every part of life. It will dictate your wife one day. Mm. Like, because nobody wants to be marrying, you know, somebody right. that's not attractive. You right. know what I'm saying? In some capacity. <laughs> yep. And it's easy to change for the most part. We can make all the excuses we want to. But if you go and you eat right and you go to the gym and you work out or you get active, like, pretty good chance you're not going to be, you know, yeah. just disgusting. Yeah. You know, yeah. so... Uh, being is your relationship with God and your own thoughts. So your philosophies, I love to have thoughts, you mm. know, it's like my favorite thing to do. Yep. You know? Um, so the deeper that I can go with them and people that will do them with me or become my best friends typically, you know, because it's like, it's hard to find people that'll explore ideas with you because they're usually scared of having any of their own ideas because the world tells them you can't have those ideas. You better shove them in your closet. Right. Yeah. Why all these people who should be keeping their, yeah, or you're just so in the moment, you're not thinking above what's yeah, actually totally. happening. That's another survival. Right? Yeah. 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 And then, so, you know, having a relationship, like how do you do that? How do you have your own thoughts? How do you learn how to think and not what to think? How do you have mm. a relationship with God? Right. Yeah. Really? Like, how do you do that? Seek and desire him above all things. Because honestly, you can't have pure, like the goal is 
clear, clean thoughts. Like, and I don't mean that in way of like, don't think dirty things. What I'm saying is like, do you want to have inferior belief systems dictating the reality of your life? Right. And if you do, you're an idiot. Right. Like straight up. (laughs) Like that's just, yeah, there's no point to that, you know? So the other thing is, is balance, right? So your balance is your relationship with other people and what you do for fun. And so like, how do you, this, I'm thinking of this from a father to a son and a daughter, right? Yeah, yeah. I have to teach them how to build relationships with people and what kind of people to do mm. that with. I mean, dude, starts with simple things like shake hands, look them in the eye, that kind oh, of yeah, stuff. Oh, just yeah, t- just typical things. But then, like, that's the reality for my children. So they've grown up in it. So now I teach them things like what kind of people should you be hanging around? And I know that that sounds elitist, but it kind of is, and it should be. Well, like, I don't, if you want an elite squad. Right, right? that's the thing. It's like <laughs> you choose the reality you want to live in. And but if elite, you're choosing something less than that, you might want to ask yourself why. Yeah. Because they're really Because you have to define to elite, right? Yeah. Elite is not people with the most money. No, no, right? no, not at all. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what we think. And it's totally. like, no, no, that's not elite. Yeah. To would, me, it goes back to that grade eight. Like you have to have, that's what that is, by the way. That framework is yeah. how I've simplified it for my kids. Okay. So all of this is funny enough is like my desire and drive is like, I get to experiment with my kids and then other guys all the time. And just, you hit a nail on the head. Yeah. Experiment. That's all it is. Yeah. Right. Like try it. And I'm doing stuff wrong and measure all the time, it. dude. Like I yeah. tickle my kids but, and wrestle with them all the time and they freaking hate me for it. Like, and I'm just <laughs> like, and I'm in my mind. Yeah, but like, mom's not going to do that. So it's, that's a dad's job. No, I know. And they'll be like, you're being mean to us with that. And I'm like, dude, I would have killed to have somebody like do that with me. You know, right. I mean, in my mind, I'm like, it's not computing, you know? Yeah. And so I'm having to realize like, maybe it's time for me to kind of pull back on that a little <laughs> bit. Cause you know, but I don't want to, cause part of it's like. Come on. You know, this is why I had you kids in the first place, yeah. so I could wrestle with you. No, I'm just uh, That's funny. Yeah, so, um, and then, so you got the balance part. And what do you do for fun? Like, if you don't have something you do for fun, and I've been there, or you don't have money or whatever, figure it out, man. Like, there's a million different things you can get interested in. And As part do. of your balance. Yeah, you have to. Okay. So you don't want to be too intense. You got to have some play or. Totally, yeah. Yeah. And I get it. Like, business is not a balance. I get it. You want it to be and all that kind of thing. But. And it is to some degree, but it's also like, go find something else to do. Like be interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. and to me, the more you can do that, like get really good at being in pr- like pretty dang excellent in a lot of those types of things. Cause yeah. like playing golf, uh, you know, like that's a big business skill. Right. That's also kind of fun, you know, or shooting guns and like, but if you're going to shoot guns, don't just go piddle and you know, whatever, like get freaking tactical and go be able to like, know that you can, like annihilate people you know what i'm saying like <laughs> you want to know that you have that capacity you know yeah uh I'm not saying go do that like <laughs> be like, a marksman yeah mike's not condoning <laughs> well more than that uh, it is really truly about studying and in intense situations like active shooter type scenarios or what do you ah, do gotcha, gotcha. get your heart rate up and become capable of be a weapon scenario yeah yeah weaponized. yeah totally yeah. Um, but there's a million different things you can do, you know, like some circles, they like to play bones, man. You know, some circles like to play cards, some circles like to, you know, and I think the more well-rounded you are in terms of those types of things, yep. the more exciting your life will actually be. You know, yeah. I like to cook. I like to make art. Like I'll paint something just for fun you yeah. know, and that stuff. So you got a talent for that too. Thanks. Yeah. Super creative. So, uh, Oh, and then business business. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so business, um, how do you make money? By the way, all of this stems 
I'm giving y'all all the goods today, man. Yeah. Right, so this actually, um, what I realized about building people in a world that you don't know what the next day is going to look like is not about telling them to go be a doctor or go get your good grades in school or go to college or go do any of that bull crap, dude. I mean, it's all stuff you do for whatever. It's about teaching them how to thrive and be resourceful in any situation. Mm. Like a CIA spy. Yeah. That's how I raise my kids. Interesting. That's yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. Because it, it makes them situationally nimble and aware yes. and able that's to respond. It. That's all I do. I raise them like that. Yeah. I'm like, would this be something a spy would do? And then I teach them it. <laughs> so if what I don't know it, I get them around people that can. How did you end up landing on that? I mean, what, what, what? I just, I don't, I think about this stuff incessantly. Dude. It's almost yeah. like a sickness probably like, because I'm constantly trying to figure out how do I build people? Like, right. that's my question. Yeah. Know? Uh, so like, how do you, like, how have we existed for, you know, you're the one that taught got- me the difference between si- this new earth and old earth theory christians yeah, yeah yeah christians but then you get on the other side of it and it's potentially hundreds of millions of years old or billions even or right. whatever you know so it's like when you think about how people perceive i'm like how have we even been around for six thousand years and we still don't know how to live and if you're on the edge of thinking that there is no god and that all this is a military then you're even worse off for that because yeah. how have we existed for that long and we still don't know how to live right like, that shows we are doing something absolutely wrong yeah you know interesting yeah good stuff good yeah. stuff so you've kind of taken that now um, and brought that down to a level that your kids. Every day, man. I mean, yeah, yeah we're constantly, you know. The, you guys are always doing adventurous things. It's like, yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, dude, even like, so one thing I started doing is um, the harder, it gets harder for your uh, kids to connect with other kids when you raise them like that as they get older. Um, Why is that? I don't have them on video games and things like that. And, gotcha. you know, and so they're not culturally relevant. And yep. so, um, we like doing hard things and I've conditioned them that way. And you yeah, know, they're still kids. There's times where they don't want to, you know, if I work them too hard on. Yeah. Them, but you know. you're, yeah, you can play a game on a screen or you can play a game in real life. That's it. Yeah. Right? I'm teaching them to be players in their own world. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that made it really hard as they were getting older and yeah. I'm starting to see that. And that became a very hard course, uh, hardcore friction point for me mm. and my family and my kids. And so I really started working through, I'm a huge believer of like masterminds, things like that. I, I like, yeah, I think it's real. Learn. Get yeah, being around cool people. Yep. Like, and I'll pay for that. I'll figure it out. Now. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, started with, a another buddy of mine, but just over, I live by a lake. And all throughout there, there's these little trails and things, you know, that you can go to or whatever. And so I've been kicking it around for the longest time. And I ended up just finding this spot, uh, actually a new location tonight. But, like, we've been doing it for the last few months where every other Friday night, uh, it started out with me and him and his nephew and his son, and, or each of their sons and then Emery. And we just go there and then start a fire. And now I've got, like, a list of dudes that are starting to come out there. It's growing organically, you know. Awesome. And we go out there, and it's literally just go out. And I do everything by design because now I'm getting to the point where I've kind of mastered how to engineer this stuff yeah. more than before, where it was just like, hey, come hang out and have a good time. I swear to you, if you come to this thing and you think you're just going to fold your hands and then take it like for what it is, like you're not going to like that. We're going on an adventure. Yeah, you're going to earn like this is a place where you come to be a part. You know? uh, okay. Ah, so yeah, it's and participatory. It's an yeah. yeah. And, uh, so 
and I'll share this framework actually, because I think this is something that people need to be doing all across the country is that we've kind of developed this out because if you're a man or a father and a husband even, but you don't have to be like, I've got a, a couple of single dudes that come, you know, and they just like want to be around good men and right. learn the ropes. But, uh, we go out there and, um, every other Friday I'll start a fire once everybody gets there, I bring trash bags and we go around and we clean up the whole area around us. Like we make it better than the way that we find it every single mm. time. Like we clean it up. Um, that's what we do first with a service project. And okay. then, uh, taking responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And the kids are a big part of this and they're getting to bring their pocket knives and stuff and run around. And we've got kids. Like I, there's a kid that shows up. He's like, I don't know, six, seven. And then, uh, and then all the way up to, you know, my son. And then I've got another guy who's a single dude in his 20s. And then I, I'll get other guys once football season's over. They'll probably start showing up at other ages because it's the ecosystem. They all need each other. We all need each other, dude. Yeah. God designed it that way. For we sure. try to segment everything and be like, oh, kindergartners over there, old people over there, da, da, da. And we're yeah, all no, we we're missing be. out on the wisdom, yes. you know. Yeah. And there's wisdom that the Bible says that we would be confounded by the mouth of babes. You know what I'm saying? Like, so why in the world would we ever not want that youth in our life too? You know, mm. and it shows us how to, have you ever watched a seven-year-old get excited about like having something on the end of his fishing pole? Oh yeah. Pretty it's the freaking best. awesome feeling, man. Yeah. You know, and it's and to like, live that with them. Yeah. There's people that would pay, you know, thousands of dollars to experience something like that for a second, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they do it all the time to try to get that feeling that they can get just by watching a seven-year-old catch a fish on the end of the line, you know? Yeah. And it's like, probably ought to think about that a little bit, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be anything doesn't crazy. cost a bunch. And I'm still figuring it out, man, honestly. Like, I'm right. trying to, like, what does this all look like? But I'll go to the store, grab some hot dogs and all some right, marshmallows. so it starts with a service project, and then... Yeah, so once that's all said and done... Yeah. And they're running. I make them go get firewood. The boys actually just bought two hatchets on the way here because I, I let them run around with knives and hatchets and stuff, dude. And they think it's freaking awesome, you know. And it's like, we get to do this. And don't tell mom. Yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, you want it to kind of be like the boys thing. Yeah, you know? yeah So exactly. they get out there, and tonight's gonna be fun because it's gonna be cold as crap, you know. And like it'll be like good. But uh, anyway, we'll go out in this new location. We'll get some firewood, bring it over. I got the fire going. We'll come over, break out the hot dogs, start cooking those, and. Yeah. We got these sticks we made and all that kind of stuff. And then um, somebody will do a message. Like tonight, I'll be talking about asymmetric being. Like, so usually I'm not, I make every adult man that comes teach, and we're going to start doing that with the boys too. And eventually yeah. I'm going to start adding some like seer type stuff into it. Like, so survival, you know, resistance, you know, evasion, okay. escape, teaching them basics. Like, this is like if you were, had been born in a, in a, an Apache uh tribe like yeah. dude i'm gonna what teach are they you gonna how to be a warrior because these dudes were bad to the bone dude yeah. apache warriors like they were freaking like awesome dudes uh anyway uh and they could go like you sounds could, awesome yeah so like yeah exactly yeah. and it's super simple it's not even that expensive to do and right. I, I like there's i have zero like you're not gonna come and, and i'm not trying to be on any schedule like we're it's not a bible here. study yeah, but we teach about the Lord and we talk about the Lord right. and we pray and all that. But it's not that. It's uh, it's guys coming together and while it's for the kids and a way for us to get our, to raise our boys the right way and get them around other boys who think like that and do those things. Yeah, it's actually the men are getting a lot out of that too. Right, and they're coming. They're getting in a circle because we're living our li lives way too siloed right now. Yeah, and so that's like, cool. A lot. So and you're I, building relationships with the that's other That's it, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm good at, man. I know how to build oh, relationships. And it's not so much 
right now, like I've learned a lot over the last few years. I used to be that guy who was 50 miles wide and a couple inches deep, you know, because it was just, I knew everyone. It's like, you can't manage that many relationships right. deeply. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And over the last few years, and it started like back whenever my dad passed away, but then all that COVID stuff and went through and it was like, everybody's wearing their masks and I couldn't hear anything. Cause you know how bad my hearing is, man. It was like all of a sudden they're covering their mouths and I can't even read their lips, dude. And uh, it was darkness. Yeah. For years, I was going insane. I thought, you know, and then it was like lost some other family members and all that. But, um, but what it was was a purification, you know. Mm. Um, and I'm realizing because now I don't desire the 50 miles wide thing anymore. I want deep. You want deep relationships. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And I'm well, and I know how I know how that works though. I know the frameworks for building that for yeah. people that want that. You know what I'm saying? Well, it but, sounds like you're, yeah, you're tapping into yeah some innate, um things that draw men in that's yeah. it i mean dude it all comes down to marketing at the end of the yeah. day i'm like <laughs> you know you do, if you don't know who you're talking to and what their real pain points are like what problem are you solving in any way yeah but, except for me that thing will never be charged for yeah right because it's yeah if i spend anything because the payment that, is in doing it yeah, yeah if i ever make any money off of this thing in general it's going to be off of a a thing that you come into after that. And it's not going to be, that will always be open to any man who wants to bring their son yeah. to come and like be around some other really cool men. And my guy that's doing it with me, he's a former army ranger, dude, I've got <coughs> another guy. And this is the thing. This is where it gets fun. Cause now you can utilize your other contacts that you have to help them bring in and yeah. like, let them be a part. And most guys are starving for that. Like yeah. good men, uh, a dude that was a former, uh, um, FBI guy. He built the counterterrorism department in the U.S. Uh, in the FBI and stuff, and ended up getting edged out after he found out they were all the bad guys were coming to meet with the tops of the. <laughs> Imagine that, right? But anyway, I was talking with him about it, and he goes, "Dude, how can I be a part of that?" Like, so he's gonna be coming and checking it out, you know. And it's just like you start to see the hearts of men, and it's really there, and everybody's starving for that, but they're looking for somebody to just do it, you right? Know? Yeah. And it's like, that could be, if Take you're listening lead, be right the now, organizer. I'll tell you everything you need to know about doing this because yeah. I want you to do it where you are. And what? I'll tell you the psychology behind why I do it and everything. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and I'll put in the notes how people can get a hold of you because oh, I yeah, know you've sure. got, yeah. uh, you're on a lot of the social medias and that stuff. Well, this has been an awesome, awesome time. Awesome yeah. conversation. Yeah, and I can't yeah. believe it's flown by. I know. Uh, really good. And it's great catching up with you yeah you too um man I'm, I'm really excited about what you're doing here I, like your heart for being a dad and like raising up the next generation and you have a, a skill there too but your dedication to that is something that uh, like I, I hope it comes across in this podcast but if it if it doesn't like I highly suggest that you find a way to get in touch with Mike personally because like once you understand where his head's at and what he's doing and um, the type of thing, like it's super needed, you know, like in, in what this world is facing right now. Yeah. And I think if we don't <clears throat> start to really take uh, and be intentional about what it is that we're doing as men in this world, you know, like, and we keep just letting the world dictate what that looks like. Yeah. This isn't going to be something you're going to be happy about leaving behind when you close your eyes for the last time. That's awesome. Beautifully said. I I think, man, when you look at media and you look at all that stuff, men are portrayed as bumbling idiots. Yeah, I and, hate that stuff. And, um, you know, and look at the sitcoms, look at all that stuff. When, you know, we're called to be the spiritual leaders of our families, mm -hmm. 
And I think most men don't even know what that means. No, they don't. Right? And, it, and if you just think that we are spirit beings, we're, we're body, mind, spirit. Yeah. Right? Well, the spirit is how you show up. Yeah. Right? Because you walked in and the room lit up. Yeah. Or you walked in and, man, something's wrong. We just know that. That's your yeah. spirit. You don't even have to say a word. Right? And so as the spiritual leader, it sounds really weird, but, like, you are setting the temperature. Totally. And yeah. once you understand that you actually have your hand on the thermostat, like that's in your control. Some it's a responsibility though. Like that's the thing. That's what yeah. scares a lot of guys away from it. Yeah. But you know what you're saying there, um, it's your role. Like that's the thing is you're believing the lie, not embracing that yeah. because your identity is who God says you are, not what you believe you are. And the reason you keep failing Ooh. in this life is because you keep trying to define what that looks like for yourself and you keep neglecting what God tells you about your role in this life. And when you understand that, you fall into authority. You know? Yeah. Like that right there is power. Authority is power, and it's not your power. It's the, the power of the one who goes before you and has created everything. There's literally nothing, you know, like when the Bible talks about you can ask for these things or yeah, yeah. asking you shall receive. It's like when you're facing insurmountable periods in your life, you know, and you're trying to figure it out for yourself, like I do all the time. And I'm totally speaking to myself here, by the way. This is like someone whose mind is constantly trying to think through everything like I've got it to figure out. And I start looking to God and be like, well, you're the CEO. You created it all. Why don't you open that door? You know, like <laughs> there's probably something I'm not even thinking about. And dude, I'm telling you, That's every time humility. I do that, that is where everything begins to change. That's awesome. It's because I'm no longer bound by my little tiny world anymore. I'm bound well, I by have all to. of eternity. Yeah, that's good. Well, and yeah. you're entering in in humility. That's the key. Right. It's hard to you're, do. You're, you're saying I'm not the yeah. CEO. You are. Yeah. That's a humble statement. But it's also that position is exactly how you should be coming before your own children too and yeah. your wife, you know, like in life, because not to say like, oh son, please forgive me. Oh, you're not bumbling, but I'm saying like, man, I'm sorry. You know, we were talking yeah. about this off air, but Screw like that. I heard a, uh, <laughs> a way that it was defined of how sons see their fathers. Mm -hmm. And it's like the, there's three phases of that. They first see them as an icon or a, uh, an idol. Yeah. The second phase is they see them as uh a fool basically they they hate them and then the third is they humanize them yeah mm. you know so it's like and hopefully that humanized part doesn't happen after they're dead and gone you know right and like you missed out on all of those years because you didn't set the record straight in the beginning by just letting them know you're as human as they are you know yeah. that's really well said yeah and i i see that in your journey thanks man the relationship. It's a constant re i have to yeah. remind myself of it sometimes because yeah. i have a tendency to you know, think I'm like, here's where we're going and nobody's going to stop me. And I was like, oh man, okay, Lord, what do you want? Let's go. <laughs> All right, kids, here's the thing, you know. I'm the, uh, you know it's like, yeah, yeah anyway. learning to apologize to your children is a important thing. Like, Oop, uh, yeah. dad screwed up. So uh, we're going to, we're going to do a redo on that. <laughs> yeah. Here, and I know you want, we have to go, but like, I do want to say this. If you're in a space where you're not feeling like you've got that whole spiritual leadership thing figured out or any of it. And you're like, dude, who am I to lead my family? Uh, figure it out, man. That's a question. Figure mm. out the answer. You know, figure it's it not out. a define a definitive thing about you. It's a question. So, um, it's not as hard as you think, and it's really going to come by you being the example. So 
don't look at what you can do for other people right now. Just become what you think the world should look like. And the question for that is, because everything comes down, down to questions at the end of the day. If the world, uh, if everybody in the world was exactly like I am and not, don't go off on a tangent and be like, oh, it'd be a boring world. I don't care about that. What I'm saying is, would it look like, would the world look like you think it should look like if everybody lived their lives exactly as you do? Ooh. And if you can't answer yes, absolutely to that, then figure it out. You know, like, why not? There's some, there's some changes. That, yeah, there's changes some opportunity. Are coming. Opportunity. <laughs> yes. That's the best way to look at it because yeah. it really is, you know. That, so, is, that anyway. is so true. That is so true. Awesome. All right. Uh, Corey, what's a great way for people to get a hold of you? Um, are you you're on social? You're yeah, you know, I am on social media. So when is this going to launch? Do you think? Uh, probably in about a month. Okay, perfect. So by then I should have wisdomandgrit.com, at least a landing page up and go in there. Yeah. Uh, just because like what I'm doing on this thing, I actually do think I want to start helping people do these for themselves too. You know, because it's such an important thing. Um, and we need it, you know, yeah. like being able to, the, I'm talking about the thing at the lake, but right, right, wherever right. you're at, like there's going to be some kind of adventure thing that you can set up. It's not going to cost you a lot. And even if it costs you a little bit, I guarantee you, if you come and you're like, Hey uh, guys, could y'all help out on doing this? Like there's some guys that are going to want to see that They'll thing jump work. In. Yeah. And uh, they're going to be more than happy to do that. And they might be in a different situation than you. So let them help do that too. Cause that actually teaches them to be, take ownership, you know? Um, so, but anyway, you can go to wisdomandgrit.com for that. Uh, my email is Corey at wisdomandgrit.com for that. And on social media, Corey Huddleston, that's C-O-R-Y, not C-O-R-E-Y. Um, most people misspell that, but, uh, and anything wisdom and grit, if you see it, it's likely me. Cause I don't think anybody else is carrying that. <laughs> awesome. I mean, so yeah. All right. Thanks for hey. having me, man. Yeah. Thanks for being here today. This was fantastic. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah. I, uh, and uh, hopefully it wasn't too all over the place, but yes, yeah, uh, I think uh, you're engaging, so it'll be easy to follow. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh, thanks for listening in. Uh, really appreciate you. And uh, just as you go, go knowing God is good. Jesus has forgiven you. You are loved and everything is possible. That's See it. you later, man. See you.